Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast. This is an excellent episode. We crack open a lot of stuff. When I say excellent, what I mean by that is new stuff, right? It's always going to be the same problems, just new information. That's my job is to try to give you guys some new information, some new spin on things, and that's what this is. This is an excellent podcast with an individual actually living in Australia. Uh, He's coming to my seminar next month in November, which I'm excited about, and he's dealing with two dogs that are going after each other. But I, I know I just released a podcast, and I've done it before, and like, okay, two dogs go after each other, but this is different. This cracks open why they went after each other in first place, what is realistic? We go over dog training terms, some of the BS politics, and there's a lot more to it. This is a really good, um, refreshing podcast. Take a deep breath and enjoy the podcast. And remember, I'll be in Australia next month. We're gonna, I'm gonna be in Brisbane myself on my birthday doing a seminar. A working spot sold out immediately, but audit spots are still available to come and watch. Again, it's gonna be my birthday. I'm really excited. It's just gonna be me. Forrest, Mickey, and I are going to be in Melbourne and in Central Coast area. Uh, There might be working spots left, um, definitely audit spots if you guys want to come hang out. It's going to be a beautiful, magical, life-changing weekend, both of them. So excited to get over there. And uh, if you guys have questions for me, I would love to answer them. And all you guys have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart, leave your review in your question review, and at the end, I'll answer them. Thank you guys so much. No Bad Dog Army. Love you guys. Talk to you at the end. Really quick, guys, I wanted to let you know that I just put out my brand new reactive to neutral course. Every piece of information I've ever thought about, talked about, or anything that's been helpful to all my clients over the decade or more, I put into this course. It's inexpensive. It's about 175 USD, uh, and it goes over everything I could possibly think of. Every question I've gotten, every solution that's been successful is in this course. So if you guys want to save time and money on learning about dog reactivity, it goes over the difference between reactivity and aggression. It goes over what potential tools you may need, what they can do, what they can't do. It goes over what to do if your dog doesn't like dogs, what to do if your dog doesn't like people. It's everything in a very, very digestible course. The link is in the description below, of course. Yes, um, my, uh, I, I guess I'm in a bit of, bit of a pickle um, in that, you know, it, I guess it's all, I, I, I've had a very, uh, I've got two rescues. Um, Zella, who's a, a cross American staffy and cross Bull Arab. Don't know if you know much about Bull Arabs. I don't. They're not really in the US. Um, and um, uh, pig hunting breed. Um and uh, Jack's – so that's Zella. She's, she's fixed about two and a half years old. And then there's Jax, who's a cross – Mastiff cross British Staffy, a uh, fixed male, and he's three – about three. And I've had him since they um, – had him for about two years now, around the same time. Um, so Jax uh, – uh, when I got him, had a bite history. Um, I took him on – knowing that, like, he's unconfident, working on confidence. Um, so I've been working with a really awesome balanced trainer. Um, um, we've helped him so much. Haven't had any issues with him. But in the meantime, I'm focusing on him. I sort of neglected Zella's issues and they've es- and things have escalated. Um, Zella was always a bit of a, a bully. Um, and it's got to the point now where they – so they've they had um, scuffs and made up real quick. Back in June, they had a big one, um, and they've been separated ever since. Um, I, they're literally – so it's crate and rotate, um, inside, outside. Um, just, yeah, it's even um, – there's – even if they're – Within two seconds, they like Zella wants to go in. So, um, and 
um, in those situations, he's incredibly scared of her. Um, so I guess the so that's that's um, potentially this is the main issue of how how I'm dealing. You know, I, I don't. The main thing is sort of corrections of like I, I'm managing it. Um, I don't want to force. I tried to force them uh, with the trainer to go reintroduction. It just didn't work. It was too traumatic for Jacks. Um, but the I I'm like I have accepted that I can. They might might be separated forever. I can accept that. I can deal with that. But the main thing is is trying to. Um, I don't know how to correct Zella from like death stares at him or, or lunging at the window at him, particularly when she's the other side of the window to, and he's, you know, and I'm on the same side as him, you know, like how do I go about correcting him, you know, just to be fair to him. You know, I don't want him, like he was unconfident as he is. I spent ages building his confidence up. I don't want it to regress. And then as well, perhaps come later um, with Zella as well, is I've been having, um, particularly recently, but also early on when I first got her, but it stopped. But in this new place, she's been escaping despite mm. being Fort Knox now. Um, and I'm having problems with the city. I'm having problems with the neighbour. Um and, um, you know, and it's it's even when I'm home, like, so it's not just that she's bored or anything like that. You know, it's she's, you know, wants to go explore. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how to, how to, how to um, the barrier, like just creating a barrier is not working, but how to sort of perhaps, you know, make her play, her, make it, you know, forget about going or whether, like I, I did use a, um, at the previous place, I did have a um, uh, invisible fence as a last resort, and it worked. And then she forgot about it, and I never—I didn't really have to do it until she, you know for for another six months till she remembered. Then just put it on for two days, and and then she'd forget about forget about wanting to go, and then another you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. <clears throat> All right, let's talk about the dogs interacting with each other now so uh your other dogs so there's jackson zella or is it zello yeah yeah okay so i would say with the two dogs that are interacting and trying to or at least zella's trying to attack jacks once they there a lot of times once they do have this big blowout, then their relationship changes forever, and that's the same thing with humans too. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, humans. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard you say that a lot on your podcast, yeah. and you know I've I've kind of accepted that now. Like people are like, oh, it'll be you know, don't worry, they'll be friends again. And I'm like, no, that's let me be selfish too. Like if you know mm-hmm. they might they they might never be friends. They may be, but I can't expect that they will be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's a good expectation to have because if it does happen, great. But if it doesn't, you're not going to be disappointed. You know, you're like, okay, I didn't think this was going to happen anyway. But one thing that I would try to do if you haven't already, and if you have, okay. But if you haven't, dogs who don't like each other or dogs who liked each other and then got into a fight and now don't like each other, uh, typically um, it, it can be, I shouldn't say typically, I would say sometimes it can be a situation of environments too. So especially if they're in the tight area, meaning uh, if you bring them out in other contexts and other environments, then you might have better opportunity to have them coexist with each other. So let's say you're in your house and obviously if they're seeing each other, they're going to be upset or at least they're going to respond to that. So Jax may be nervous. Zello may be hunting him or staring at him maliciously and uh, they don't really have any other options so they're kind of just locked in on each other they're they're 
Um, there's not much else to do in the house. You know, you got two dogs and you, and you know, everything else that goes on is, is not helpful for them as far as distracting them or breaking the ice. Um, especially if one's crated and one's out, it kind of builds that tension and it can build the, uh, yeah, build the animosity or the tension between them. Um, and so sometimes if you bring them out of their environment, you can get them to be dogs and sniff and smell and go for walks, but not sit there and look at each other the whole time. I think the only way realistically to make that successful and very minimal amount of stress is if you did it with somebody else, obviously, uh, hold one, you know, they're both probably strong dogs. Yeah, we did, we did that. So with the trainer, we muzzled them both up and, and, um, you know, took, took them for a walk together. Um, but it was pretty traumatic for Jack's and Zella, um, uh, the trainer had Zella and uh, he was having to correct her when she was started to, you know, make moves towards him in mm-hmm. not so, you know, legitimate, you know. Yeah, I would, I understand. I would, I would make it more about the walk than I would about them trying to be social with each other. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't need a need, I wouldn't need a reason for muzzles. I would just say, you're going to take one. I'm going to take one. We're going to keep our distance. We're going to go for a walk with each other. But if you're close enough, well, A, if they have muzzles, it sets them. I mean, muzzles are great. I don't want to say if you feel uncomfortable that jacks may get away, obviously, then, yeah, use a muzzle. But I'm just saying under the circumstances and context of me wanting there to be like a neutral situation where, hey, we're just going to go for a walk. We're not training them. We're not having them introduce each other. We're not trying to smell, have them smell each other close. We're just going for a walk and they're just going to be, you know, it's like, you know, people is the same way. It's like, okay, you don't like each other. You don't like each other, but guess what? We're going to go for a walk, you know, with one another. That doesn't mean you have to be in boxing gloves. That just means, hey, we can be civil here. So that's what I was uh, getting to is if you, my, my point is, is if you have the intentions of trying to get them close enough to see what's going to happen, then the muzzles and the tension and the stress is going to be double what it should be. I think what you should do is have one, have the other, go for a walk. One's on the left side of one person, one's on the right side of the other person, and you guys are just walking. And and at no point would they be nose to nose or even letting them have an opportunity to sniff each other. Or they're going to sniff each other, smell each other, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like like close up, yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Just my, I guess, you know, like I'm saying is, um, if you do come into a situation where they're not going to be friends again, or at least civil with each other, because Jack's just, you know, has it out for Zella or sorry, vice versa. Uh, then, then what you would do is you would just say, okay, what, what things can I do with them together? That is reasonable, responsible, Um, and that's, those are the things I would be focusing on is what is it worth to you? If you have friend, family, partner, anybody that can, uh, you know, Saturday, Sunday morning say, Hey, let's bring the dogs for a walk, whatever, bring the dogs for a walk at night. That's what I would be doing is having them out with each other neutrally, but not anywhere near each other where you would have to ever worry. Yeah. Uh, I I certainly was worrying like even, you know, even with the muzzled, I was scared, yeah. uh, you know, being, yeah. I don't know. So, uh, and I, I know that they were picking up on my. Yeah, it's hard. On my, um, my fear, you know. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, that's what I mean is um, it's, it's tough and sometimes it's better to just <clears throat> not try it. You know, I'm just saying, again, it sounds like you've already done training. You, you have heard me talk about this several times. It sounds like for, with other people. And just once, and, and, and the dogs are telling you too, like, it's very clear, okay, you know, Zella's really trying to get after Jax in a bad way every time. So that's not going to decrease probably. It's just a thing where it's now it's like a game where that's what's trying to happen. So then you say, okay, what do I do? They don't, they're not going to like each other at least anytime soon. 
So I think the crate and rotate that you've been doing is, is great. I think that that's the best route that you could go. And then again, outside of that in your head, think about things that you could do with somebody else that will be where you can go out and enjoy both of your dogs at the same time and have some, have some sort of normalcy. Those are the things you should be working on. Now, as far as corrections go, like how are you, um, are they, is one in a crate and one out like in a traditional crate and rotate? Yeah. uh, Usually inside outside, but she, um, uh, she will always, if I'm not, if I'm not home, she has, has to go, if she's inside, has to go in the crate because she's a bit destructive in general. Mm-hmm. Um, him, him can be any, um, any, he, you know, he's fine. He, you know, he can be anywhere or um, I, I still, um, even if, even when I crate and ro- I really have them both inside at the same time, even if one's in the crate, mm-hmm. um, I can feel the tension and, um, and she has been known to force herself out of the crate too. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, dangerous a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, um, and also there's the added thing that there's a, there's a cat as well that they don't get along with as well. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. You got a little, uh, try love triangle going on. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a lot, you know, I know a lot of people would have given up by now um, and I'm not going, I, I, you know, I, I, I do have backup plans if any, like, but it's, you know, I'm, I, I'm managing it. So I don't think I need to, it's just, I don't want to, I want to give them both the best, yep. best quality of life I can give them, you know? Yep. Yeah. And I think you go down two paths again, you modify it or change it if you can. And if you can't, then you manage it. And those are, those are the only options anybody really has for behavioral work. Mm-hmm. Either yeah. desensitize, build, build confidence, modify, change, correct all that stuff to try to change the outcome of how the dogs emotionally feel. But at the end of the day, if that's not going to change because of their personality that has now become because of their history, then the only option you could do is manage it. And so, I, um, it, the management also comes down to how much, uh, room you have to like in your house. Cause everyone's home is different. So if you have a, a one bedroom, 400 square foot home, you have very limited amounts of things that you can trial and do. But if you have a bigger home and it doesn't matter, like, I don't need to know those specifics. I'm just saying those are the next steps is, is to, that's why I got into, okay, well, if, if the case is, is she's not going to like him or he's not going to like her, however it goes, then that's where you would just try to think about all the things that you can do, uh, that you can do and, and, and just keep being responsible for the things you can't do. I, 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 I actually moved house for this situation to ma- be able to manage in a place that actually I can manage the, the situation much easier than my old place. Mm. Just with multi- I was, I had, you know, only, only one entrance into the yard previously. So like if you're going in, you know, they were, it was very hard to keep it, you know, but now I've got, I can, you know, literally one goes in, you know, into a, a, a laundry area, get the other one inside, take the other one out. They don't see each other as they, you know. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's all you can really do. And like I said, I think, uh, having one outside and one inside is a great easy thing because the other one, they both kind of have their freedoms and it's like it's like any you know it's like anything else like hey this is your area that you have to stay in to keep you safe and and to keep to keep everyone else safe you know and and I and I think that that's that's the route to go you just say hey you're over here and you're over here but again um, it's hard to say from a training standpoint how you would so I, I think you're already past can they get better or will it change it sounds to me you're already past that you've already yeah. gone through the processes to try to figure out that's an option and that doesn't sound like it's on the table so my job now is like to agree to the things that you're doing and i think that they're good the only thing i would be adding in is oh well 
and this is discretionary on how comfortable you are, but, and again, the, the, the risk over reward, if you will, where we don't want jacks to like, my point is, is let's say, okay, if I have really good obedience with both dogs, I can have them coexist. I can do some training with one another around, um, things like that, you know, Hey, jacks down, stay heel, uh, and then same thing. You could take Jax, put him into a place and then heal Zella and then put Zella on a place, heal Jax and blah, blah, blah. But if Jax is sitting there shaking in his boots the whole time, because he thinks that she's going to pounce on him. And if you're nervous also doing it, then that's not worth it for anybody. So a lot of the exercises and desensitization exercises that you can do are also, again, pretty predicated off of the risk over reward and vice versa. How much stress is it going to cause you and Jax to do those? And if it's not worth it, then don't. So I think the easiest thing to do is to just get somebody else. Like, again, like even if you have a, if you still have a good relationship with your trainer, which you, you haven't t- told me anything otherwise, I'm not, I'm not inc- implying oh, that. No, he, he, he's absolutely awesome. He's, he's, um, he's, the one who told me to come to your seminar, he's attending himself. So oh, great. Yeah. yeah. I was going to um, say, I was just going to say like, if you can tell him like, Hey, uh, I think what we should like, again, you just have to, it, it's really discretionary because at the end of the day, it sounds like Jax is always going to be afraid of the potential risk of Zella getting to him. And it sounds like Zella just is locked in on him and that's not going to change. So that's, that's, the common denominator here, but it's really up to you on what other things, if you want to, what, what things you want to do and, and things that you're comfortable doing. Cause again, if you're just saying like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm content with doing what I'm doing. Uh, they're both happy individually. It's a lot of work. Uh, it would be a lot better if I could just let them be with each other, but I can't then yeah, you're, you're doing everything right. Everything's kind of, you know, laid out for you, but if you did want to do other things, excuse me, that's what I would be doing is just going out for walks with the, excuse me, not the intentions of having them get better, but you being able to be out with your dogs at the same time again, that's what you would do. So again, like muzzles are good, but I would have, I was like, in my head, I'm like, I would never think about putting a muzzle on because we're not going to put them in that situation. They're going to be, well and but but you can go for a walk in the morning and blah 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 and then there but i would say with that there is an opportunity for because right now if you get out and zell is locked in on jacks and that's like where you're at now that's just what happens every time the more you but you're also like if you do try to get him out and that's what the game is about like if you're like hey what are you gonna do then that's what it's always going to become. But if you make it more about you and you make it more about the walk and you make it more about sniffing the ground and smelling stuff and looking at the birds and seeing the grass and whatever, like if you make it more about that, then before know it, before you know it, again, if you have somebody that, that can handle like if I was with you and your dogs are friendly to people, I'd say, hey, man, I'll, t- I'll take Jax, you take Zella, let's go for a walk. Let's just go around your neighborhood and just go for a walk. Fine. Like, oh, well, yeah. you know, but, but again, it just depends on, it depends on how comfortable you are doing that. And it also depends on how, what, what that does to Jax emotionally. So, you know what I mean? Like you could do that and then who knows, things may get tolerable where you might be able to take one over here on a leash take one over here on a leash and walk and they could care less because they're so used to, because dogs get into this routine where right now, if like, if I had a mouse on the other end of a fence and my cat just sat there, he's just going to sit there all day waiting for it. And every day he knows that that mouse is going to be there. He's conditioned. Like I go after the mouse cause it's there. I go after the mouse cause it's there. But if you don't take the cat and put them in a different environment and say, look, there's a rabbit. They go, oh, I'm going to go, you know? So what happens with sometimes with dogs are like really, locked in is that's all they know. So Jax comes out, Zella comes out, and then there's a problem. But if you say, Hey, we're not more than anything else. It could, it could. Yeah. Yeah. And so what you do is say, we're not getting to each other. Like 
zealot, you know, quit the shit. Nope, we're not correction. We're not doing that. Stop. Don't even have that in your head. We're going for a walk. And she may go, well, yeah, but, but Jack, don't, hey, what the hell? Come on. Jack's is minding his own business. You mind your own business. Let's go for a walk. And that's the way to kind of have, again, your cake and eat it too there where you can say, yeah, they may not, because I do it all the time. I have a dog that doesn't like other dogs and I have a dog that could care less about dogs, but we're on the same walk and they're not interacting and they're not close enough to interact and we're good, but we don't have the intentions or the expectations that at the end of the walk, well, they've done so good separately. Let's get them together. I just think you come back, you say, Hey, I'm going to go pop one in the back, bring the other one in nice walk. Good. And then over time, I mean, it, if you're going to try to desensitize them being coexisting and mutual, not friendly, that's the way you would start. And I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that's even an option, but if it was an option, that's the only way you'd be able to start it. And how about like what, like the lunging at windows and and that sort of thing? What's the best way to crack or to yeah to Was, tell her that's not appropriate? You know. Uh, well, I think what I mean the answer is whatever works. I I don't know what what uh, you know how you're what you're training. I mean, at the end of the day, when you tell Zella to leave it, or like let's say you're you're sitting down watching. You, yeah. whatever and she just starts lunging at the window the amount of stress that she's causing herself to protect the house or bark at another dog is mindless so uh your correction what do you what do you would what would you normally do i mean you tell me like what's your relationship with if, if, yeah so if it if if it's in, if i'm so i'm talking mainly at not so much about passing dogs or anything talking specifically about jacks on the other side. Okay. Um, and, um, and if I'm on the same side, I'll just, you know, I'll grab her and chuck her straight down into, into the bed and look, just physically no and mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but if I'm on the other side of the window with jacks or something, yeah. It, it doesn't do much and, you know, her, like, to be frank, Jax's obedience is, gra- is great. We've had, you know, he won, um, but this has been the struggle. And I know, I know it's me. <laughs> it's not anyone else's that, but she is certainly, you know, she, she certainly thinks she's queen. Um, you know, she's bet, you know, her obedience is pretty shit. Um, no matter how, you know, um, and I, I'm, and that's, I guess is, um, yeah, is pro- probably stems from, well, one, the folk, I had the focus on Jack's with, um, the bite history initially and, and kind of neglected her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, but, um, I know it's all me, you know, <laughs> it's all my fault that I've let her down by, but I'm struggling. I've, I just, I don't know. It's, I think it's a little bit too, like, I'm a bit, you know, I, I find it hard to put, like, my own personality-wise to just, you know, to be that assertive that she needs. And, um, you know, but, I, you know, it's it, um, it's a journey, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's hard, especially if you're doing it by yourself, too. It's like parenting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even, even if you have a partner and they're not on board, you're still by yourself. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I would just say like what I would do is y- you want to, so it's a good thing that you told me what you're doing because you really want to have the, anytime you're correcting the dog, you really want them to, to mentally change their decision-making. And sometimes they change, change their decision-making because it's in their best interest and they learn and they go, I don't want to do that. And sometimes they change their decision-making because they don't want to get punished. And that's sometimes what we do. It, it's humans, humans go through that every single day of their lives. They're like, well, I could have one more cookie. Well, I feel like crap. Or I could go 20 miles per hour more of this. Well, I could get in a car accident or I could get pulled over like every single day. So my point is, is when you're with either of the dogs, so let's say, let's say, um, you're out with Zella and she's reacting 
towards Jax on the other side of the door, if you physically take her, pin her to the ground, or even push her away, or even drag her away, it it you're you're basically um, you're leaving the conversation open, and you don't want to do that because she's sitting there still pissed as you pull her, drag her, pin her, whatever. She's still pissed about the situation. So what I typically do, and what's been this isn't my opinion. This has just been what's helpful to my clients a lot of times is you correct the dog. So let's say you're standing at a door. Jax is on one side wanting to come into his home and Zella's near there as well and she wants to get him and she's barking and growling at him. I would have a leash and a collar set up on and I'd be correcting the dog. I'd be correcting Zella as she's barking. So she makes a better decision to, to stop barking and, and she, she calms down. Because if you physically pull her away or anything else, you're just moving her to another location where I want her to disengage on her own accord because we're teaching her that her behavior is wrong. And the way that we teach, so like a correction is to teach. The only, the only reason why corrections in life exist is to teach. That's it. So if you're constantly correcting, then you're not doing it right. But that's what you should do is you're standing there. You got to correct your dog, Zella, hey, leave it, leave it. So you make her behavior uncomfortable. You make her decision-making and her reactivity stressful and uncomfortable. That's the point of a correction. That's the whole point. And the objective is is once she does something right or she disengages and she doesn't bark at her brother for the very first time, you then heavily pay her. And that's a very basic common sense roadmap that most people would have if they would move that over to like, again, their kids or their employees, whatever. So that's what you should do is just teach what's wrong. Okay. Um, so, so it's grab her, grab her collar. What put it? Yeah. You'd have it on. Yeah. Like prong collar or. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, so you'd, so again, like, you would have you'd have a kind of a game plan. Um, you wouldn't just sit yeah. there. I mean, I'll, I'll give it to you like this. Like again, let's say you're at the door. It's it's see through. Jax is on one side. Zella's on the other side. Zella starts reacting at Jax, growling at Jax. I want to kill you for no reason. I don't like you. Okay, fine. You got to think like think about the. This is an interesting concept about behavior in general. Is you have to think about the dog's point of view and perspective. Your dog is one of your dogs is actively trying to hurt your other dog for no particular reason. It's out of context. It's not like uh, anything happened. It's just like I don't like you anymore. Okay, so you as the 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 handler, the owner, the person in charge, right? The person with thumbs. <laughs> your job is to obviously we, we that behavior is inappropriate, but the thing about behavior versus personality is, is there's some things you can change and some things you can't. So when your dog is actively trying to get to the other dog because she doesn't like him, you would just hope that all of a sudden one day she likes him again because it would make everything so much better. But that's probably not going to happen, which we know. So her personality right now is like, I don't like you. Get out of here. I'm going to beat your ass, blah, blah, blah. And your objective is to step in and again, correct your dog and advocate for the situation because they're basically having a fist fight in front of dad, which is a blatant, like, screw you, you know, disrespect. So you correct, yeah. you correct the behavior and then maybe you give, maybe you give her an alternative to do something else. Zella, go to your bed. So she goes to her bed. Okay. So you're at the door, leave it. Correction with the prong, the slip, the martingale, the e call, whatever, whatever you do. But you have to remember that when you're correcting a dog, you have to break their mental state of mind at that moment. Sometimes it's stressful for them. Sometimes it just snaps them out of it. Sometimes it just gets their attention. Sometimes it's all of the above. But the idea is, is to snap them out of the behavior that they're in. And some dogs are more sensitive than others. Some dogs will go, okay, all right. My bad. Some dogs will go, holy crap, why'd you do that? And some dogs will just be like, don't touch me. Like, I'm busy trying to kill something, right? So when you correct her, you want her to stop what she's doing, okay? She might snap out of it and go, dad, what the hell? What was that? 
What I do? What I didn't, you know, and then you would say, Zella, go to your bed, which is 10 feet over here in this other room. And you bring her to her bed, downstay. Good bed, good stay, good girl, nice job. Boom, you pay her. Jax is still on the other side of the door. Okay, Zella, break. Zella gets off her break, wanders over to the door. Maybe she starts, and this is typically how corrections, in my experience, have worked. Is once you correct the first time, you say, hey, that's inappropriate. Don't do that. Stop. I'm correcting you. That's By definition, that's what we're doing. I'm teaching you that right there is not appropriate behavior. You're trying to kill your brother for no reason and not on my terms, not on my watch, okay? So I'm correcting you because I want you to make a better decision. So a lot of times when you correct the first time, the second time, the behavior is much less because they're like, okay, well, before all of this barking and reactivity and aggression got me in trouble, but I'm still going to come over here and let my buddy Jax know I don't want him in here and I want him out of here. I'm going to give him the the teeth or the growling. So then you correct again and then you move the dog away and then you come back. And then maybe the third time she doesn't growl. She doesn't look at him. She doesn't care. You say, yes, good job. Good. Leave it. Good job. Now, again, like a, any positive, positive after, after. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, yeah. cause you're trying to teach her. This is how we do it. But you got to understand that with some dogs, personality is going to require suppression because, yeah. and, and by definition, and this is a very like taboo word in the dog training industry for whatever reason, I think there's just some people who exploited the word or made it their vocabulary, but for whatever reason, but compulsion by definition is telling an animal or not letting an animal do what they naturally want to do. So if you put it, if yeah. you put a dog on a leash and they want to run and chase the squirrel and you don't let them, it's compulsion. You're saying, no, you can't against their will, period. It's all it is. But really what a better word for it is, is suppression. You're taking a behavior. The dog still wants to do the behavior, but you're saying you can't, right? So there is a, there is, but that's all you can do when you're dealing with a personality, right? When a dog's like, I don't like this dog. You're like, okay, fine. You know what, bud? You don't have to like this dog, but you are not going to come into my house and act like that. You don't have to like him, but you're not going to bark at him. You're not going to growl at him. You're not going to try to kill him. Not while I'm here. Okay. You know, if, if you make a mistake and you leave them together or one of them gets out or whatever, that's on you because she's never going to not want to go after him, right? That's what that's, yeah. I think that that's the accumulation of the information that we're talking about. So you're going to use a correction to say, you know what, fine, you don't have to like him, but you are not going to sit at my, in my house, at my door and show your teeth and growl and bark and snarl and try to kill my other dog. That's not going to happen. So you're correcting that behavior and you're telling her how, so you you can't control her personality, but you can control her behavior. And I'm not naive. I, I, I All I've done my whole life as an expert is study dog behavior. And I know what suppression can do. But at the same time, if we can't change the dog's behavior, we have to do that. Or we just say, hey, get rid of a dog. Okay, there, you've eliminated it. But for me, those are the types of things I would be doing, Right. Your dog wants to go. I did it this morning. Okay. I used compulsion this morning for a perfect example. I was walking down my road. My dog, Lakota, is always, I shouldn't say that, she's off leash often. I live in a quiet neighborhood in the suburbs and I have control over my dog. Okay. So I'm out for a walk with her, with my nanny and our son and my wife. And we're all just kind of talking in the morning. And I always carry an extra leash because of off leash dogs. Because I know that I can just tell my dog to downstay in the circus and she's going to stay there no matter what clowns are around. Because then yeah, I can... Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's... I just talked to someone off the other, other day for their off-leash dog in the park and yeah. um, cat, um, they had headphones on, no idea that their dog was going and Jax was freaking out, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, it happens. And so... So I have a, so what I was saying is I have a ball with her, right? So she'll, she'll either have a tug in her mouth or she'll have a chuck. She's not a pet. She doesn't want to go for a walk with me and my family. She wants to just play. But if I'm going for a walk, I'm like, oh, come on, Coda, let's go. Come on. She's like, oh, fine, I'll go. So I kick the ball for her around the neighborhood as she's walking with us, and she likes that. So I kick the ball. I look to my left. I hear one of my neighbors down the road say, hey, 
to her dog and I see the dog running towards us. So I stopped my dog from getting her ball because she wanted to go get it, which was towards the other dog. And I put her into a down and a stay. So I used compulsion. She's like, yeah, but the ball. And I said, you're running. You don't even realize that you're running head on with a dog that's off leash. And I don't know who this dog is or what their intentions are going to be. And and I know you're not going to like it either. So it's just a perfect example. I'm out for a walk. I see an off-leash dog. I kick the ball. She starts running towards the ball, which is directly towards the dog. I recalled her. I downed her. And she's like, what the hell, man? I used compulsion. I didn't use a correction. I never corrected her. I didn't need to. I just used compulsion. She wanted to do it. And I said, no, you can't. You're going to downstay. I reached it. I walked 10 feet ahead. I took off my leash I had with me. And I said, hey, baby, how are you? And the dog started wagging her tail. And I leashed her up. And back to the owner she went. My point by the, by telling that story is is my dog wanted to go after the ball no matter what. And that dog wanted to come after maybe me and my family to say hi. Not in a malicious way or aggressive way. But I intervened and I used compulsion and I used obedience to say control, right? So my point is, is th- those are things that you can do. Is You're like, hey, I know you want the ball or I know you want to get to Jack's, but you can't. It's just not going to happen, period. Like you got to listen to me. And so I think right now, if you're kind of hitting it head on physically with, I'm going to wrestle you to, you know, into a, the bed or whatever, it's just going to piss, it's just going to make things worse. I, for me, I just stand right where it's happening. Like a lot of dog owners want to correct and run. And I'm like, well, again, if there's something in front of you that's making your dog react, you should stay in that area so you can help your dog through it. You can coach them through it. Like getting into a cold plunge. Like it sucks. You don't want to be in there. You want to get out. It's it's painful. Oh, man. But you got to coach. It's like breathe through your mouth, through your nose. Breathe. Take. You know, you're just somebody's coaching you through the process. And then pretty soon you're sitting there in that cold plunge and you're like, I'm good. I wasn't good, but now I'm good, right? So that those are the types of things you should be helping your dog out with too is to start to navigate through the scenario. The only problem is, is like you said, if you don't have obedience with like – you know, really good obedience with another dog, then it's, it's a, it's, it's a problem. But that's what, that's the way I would be handling it. Because if you haven't corrected her properly, effectively, or on time, then that's, that's a, that's a great thing because you haven't really done like the, the most basic things yet. Like if we're avoiding or we're physically pushing and pulling, you know, for me, I would just leave it correction she stops barking, growling, lunging at the other at Jacks, and you're like, "Good, leave it, moving on." That that makes sense. Yeah, that I guess. Yeah. Um. How, um, how about when you said you could use an e collar to potentially do it? Would that work if you're the other side, other side of the glass to Zella, and you're with Jacks? Yes. Because often that's what happen, happens because he sees her, him getting attention, and she's like. No, you're not getting attention. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And especially like, again, you know, having a dog is discretionary, like on how you do it. But, um, you know, put yourself into like a situation with kids too. It's just like, and before I had a son, this is how I would think because I was a kid once. I had parents. I know what I, you watch human behavior literally all day long. Like, you know, what's appropriate and what's not right. Somebody's some, you know, your waiters at your table, you're taking an order and there's a person next to you that's screaming and yelling, stomping on the ground, throwing forks up in the air because they want to do their order first. And you're like, are you real? Like what, what is your problem? You got problems, right? So it's the same thing with dogs. Like you're outside mm-hmm. petting one of your other dogs and then your dog's inside going, I'm going to kill you, you son of a bitch. Wait till I get a hold of you. And you're just like, what the hell? So you just have to think in your head, like what's appropriate. What's not, and also, okay, screw it. Say like, well, I don't know if it's appropriate or not. Okay, well, is that healthy? Is it healthy for you to just go out and give your other dog affection and the dog on the other side of the the, the screen wants to kill your dog for it? No, it's a very unhealthy environment. It's very unhealthy for your dog to think like that. And most importantly, like the amount of stress it takes for your dog to think like that and get to, and get into that state of mind is also an enabling kind of toxic thing too, because, you know, and, and we can argue all day about what's right, wrong, or indifferent, but that's one of the main headlines that I tell people all the time when they say like, Hey, you know, I heard it was stressful to correct a dog. And I say, Hey, that's the point. Correct. 
rewarding is mm-hmm. to reward to 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 say hey we want that again correcting is to say we do not want that again and then if we go down the other line of well correcting a dog makes the dog stressful yep that's the point and then b think about the alternative of allowing your dog to behave like that and how stressful that is long term yeah so me correcting yeah. my dog once for the shit i don't want to see anymore and it ends there versus the dog living a stressful life, reacting to other dogs their whole life and how stressful that is forever because we don't want to step up yeah. and add, add a correction. So it disables them. It's, it's a, it's, you know, it's six in one and half a dozen in the other. But really for me is I have found unbelievable success with, with millions of dog owners all over the world with my courses and my teachings and my videos of Again, your dog is like, I'm going to, again, your, your perfect example, your dogs are. Zella's on one side of saying, I'm going to kill you. And she's building this stress in herself. She's building stress in you and she's building stress in Jack. She could be st- stressing out your neighbors for all you know. And it's this really like, it's really just not a good vibe, right? And you're like, man. And then you correct her and she's like, holy crap, that, that sucked. I hated that. That was uncomfortable. And she stopped doing it. And you teach her the next time that she is in that environment that she does good, yay, good job, all this stuff. She's like, okay, I'm going to behave like this. Like a lot of people, for whatever reason, not a lot, I shouldn't say that. There's more people who understand this concept and agree with it than there are not. But there are some people not only like who disagree with it, but also don't know about it. So for you, those are the things you have to think about too, is how assertive and how effective are your corrections? Is it making it worse? Or is it clear, clean, effective, ethical, like bang? Nope. Get that out of your, get that out of your system. And, um, that's what you got to start focusing on. Yeah. Because the other thing too, is it's like, you could be in your head and I'm just a, first of all, I'm a dog owner first. I'm a dog owner, dog lover first. I became a professional over the years because that's just what I'm good at. Working with dogs Mm -hmm. is like literally the, it's so natural and easy for me. Right. It's just like, I, I I could talk about it all day long, but my point is, is you got to think too, about your state of mind as you're doing this too. Like you have to get into the right state of mind and you have to like really, you got to see results. And I think that right now you're kind of sitting in a bad place because you haven't really seen results. And I think, I think you can, I think you can make your life easier, but the more control you have and the more clarity you have is the better because the other on the flip side of this too is this is all, this all makes sense and whatever, but if you have really good control and good obedience, this can go much further than what you're dealing with as well. It can go much further. Yeah. Um, I guess quickly with the, have you got any tips about how to, her escaping? Um, well, you know, one thing you said to me, uh, well, first of all, like, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do with a dog that is dangerously escaping, meaning if they get out, there can be, you know, massive problems or even death to another dog. So you just have to make sure you have like the good, like a good system, like so a good crate. Uh, they make anxiety crates, high anxiety crates, things like that. They make those. I know Impact Crate makes them. I don't know about Australia and what you guys have available because I know you're, you know, you're out there. But and yeah. I and I will be too there, next there's month. A lot less, there, there's a lot less stuff, obviously, but you know, and um, but yeah, yes. there are you know, just on one of those wire crates at the moment. Um, yeah, you know, zip right up and whatever. Yeah, that's easy yeah. for them to get out. So you just have to again, you have to look at something that's made for a dog like that. But one thing you said earlier is about I can't remember exactly what it was, but you said something about um, I think exercise. I think, but you just have to remember like dogs also need that mental exercise and that training. It's something I'm really big on. Like if you're not putting in the work mentally with a dog, uh, it's going to be really hard for you to, you know, be successful long-term. Uh, so as far as like decreasing your dog's drives. So, um, when I, whenever I do my out of state program with dog owners and I, and we start working mentally. So like he'll sit down, stay, leave it place like getting the mind to think the dogs the next day are so like chill and tired because they have never worked uh, that hard in their life. Yeah. I try, I try to do 10 minutes of obedience every morning with each of them before work. But, um, you know, 
sometimes I'm, you know, I might be feeling off or they might be, you know, or mm-hmm. it's just not one of those days where, you know, they're off for whatever reason and they're not, you know, and it just, um, and generally that's the de- times probably that they probably use that connection that that's probably is the time that she sort of yeah. wants to go. But it's, I, I found it sort of goes in waves. She sort of it become, she gets out and then she wants to get out for the next few weeks just because she finds it all exciting and exhilarating going, you know, and then she forgets about it. And then, and then, um, yeah, but, um, you know, is it, should I be leaving like thing, um, you know, things like bones out or something for her or, you know, or. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. I just think I would like all your focus should be going on mental stimulation that's yeah. just that's just really what it comes down to like i've never unless the dog has neurological genetic genetic uh anxiety and stuff like i've never i've never worked with a dog that tried to escape after like good training sessions you know they're just telling you information so right? so how, how long would you so if i did if, if like if in the same way that I, no matter what i take them for a walk in the morning mm-hmm. rain hail or shine Mm-hmm. Um, do the same set, you know, but the morning, morning walk is evening walk is often usually more a walk while the after uh, morning one is more a walk to the park and then yeah. a little bit of obedience. Is that, um, what I'd be pushing more. I, how long yeah. I'd be pushing more obedience. I'd be pushing more testing. So w- whenever you need to work your dog yeah. and get your dog exhausted, just test them. Anything you can, anything yeah. you can do to make them think. Because like, you know, at the end of the day, like I just put out my neutral or I'm sorry, reactive to neutral course. And one of the things that we yeah. talk about, one of the big things that we talk about in that course is mental stimulation. And when you're, when you're talking about mental stimulation with dogs, like they give you information. Like if your dog's reactive, they're telling you information. You just have to be experienced enough to know what it is. And so one of the things I talk about is, you know, if your dog is put into a crate or your dog is put into again, and outside of anxiety and genetics of having separation anxiety and things like that, like if you put your dog into a crate and then they're begging to get out, they, they, they're not fulfilled. It's the same thing with us. Like if we eat, a, like if my son eats a big meal that I think he's done and he says he wants more, I'm like, he's not lying. Like he wants more. Like he's telling me, you know what I mean? Like it's just like a plant that needs water. Like you water it and you're like, that should be good. And it's still is dry. You're like, okay, it needs more. Like, so my, I guess my point is with all these crazy analogies is you put your dog into a crate after they were worked for 10 minutes and they're scraping to get out. They're not ready. Like they should go in there and plop down and, you know, sleep. So again, outside of, that's a generalized statement outside of, you know, other things, but generally speaking. So, so the, and the same sort of thing, um, thinking of the backyard as a, just a larger crate, I guess. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. You got to mentally test them. You know what I mean? Like they're just, they're just sitting in the backyard. They're probably just staring at the door waiting for you to go out there too, you know? So you just have to like make your dog think a lot in order to decrease that, that build. Uh, it's really important. You know, like if you, your dog is telling you information, you know, you put your dog into a crate or whatever, like my dog's the same way. If I go out and I rip the chuck it with her and I do OB with her, she's a big physical girl. Like you got to physically get her going. And I think it is mental for her too because she likes the chase and the prey and the kill of the ball. So it's a little bit of both for her. But again, it depends on the genetics of the dog and what they're bred to do. But when I do that with her and I come back, like she's good. When she's like, hey, I want to go run again, she's bouncing at the door, right? She's telling me, hey, not enough, need more now, <laughs> right? And sometimes I can and sometimes I can't, but when she does get run and she does get worked, she's on her bed, she's chilling, she's content, she's happy. So I'm not looking at her going like, man, does she want more? Well, yeah, maybe, but she doesn't need more, right? So if you put your dog into a crate and they're immediately, let me out of here, let me out of here, I'm bored, let me out of here, that just tells you information. And again, outside of genetics and serious separation anxiety like your dog's like this is not enough like i am not fulfilled i need more and i always used to tell people happy dogs don't run away when i say i always used to tell people i mean by i used to be an animal control or dog control officer and so part of my job was catching dogs at large and they would they would it would be the same dogs 
all the time. This dog's gone again. Yep. This dog's gone again. This dog's gone again. And they weren't fulfilled. They weren't happy. They were put in a backyard. They found a way to dig under the fence and escape because they're bored. So, and I tell people all the time to my, you know, at that point, I wasn't a trainer or anything. I don't think, but I just told them, I'm like, they're like, I don't know why it keeps happening. I'm like, happy dogs don't run away. And usually people after hearing that, they're like, oh shit, that, that, that cuts deep. I'm like, yeah, it's real though. Like if your dog was content yeah. and happy, they wouldn't be running away from you. You know? Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've heard you say that before too. Yeah. Um, and I, and, and I, and that's what makes me, me a little bit worried too is, is, is she not happy you know, as well from a, you just got to do everything you can in your power to fulfill that itch, man. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I trust me, man. I, it's hard. I know life can get busy and exhausting and everything. I get it more, you know, more than the next person, but you just have to find, you got to find that time. You know, if you're like, okay, my dogs are, you know, that's the first thing I would do is just exercise. Cause I bet her animosity towards the other dog would de her opinion and a personality and hatred maybe towards the dog might not go away, but her behavior going towards the dog might change. She's sitting in a crate. If she's tired, if she's tired she yep. couldn't be lost the yep. energy. Yep, yep. It's like me after a cup of coffee and somebody asked me a dog question. I'm like, oh, I thought you'd never ask. Sit down, son. We're about to have a conversation. You know what I mean? But if I'm, you know, super tired, 1130 at night, and somebody's like, hey, what do you think of this? I'm like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a dog guy. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so you just got to think like, it's get, it's not going to change how she may feel about him. But if she's tired, a lot can change. She's like, oh, it's not worth it. I'm not going to chase that. I'm not going to chase that cat. You know what I mean? Like I'm, so just think about that too. Like that's a big thing. Um, you know, when is, you, is any of these, um, do you, like as obviously obedience is it training is like a big mental stimulation, but how about like things like, um, uh, some of the toys and things like that and, it's helpful, like prey poles, uh, tug toys. That's all good. But you just have to think about how much your dog's thinking. Think about that. That's all you got to ask yourself. Yeah. Like if I put, yeah. like if you put your dog in a sit stay and threw the ball a hundred times and like, repped it out, that's more thinking than anything. Like your dog is thinking. You might say, sit, stay, baloney, sit, stay, biscuit instead of break. You just constantly like test, test, test. Your dog goes and okay. gets it. You get your dog goes and gets it. You say, dog out, boom, the dog outs it from a distance. Dog down, boom, the dog downs. Dog sit, dog left, dog recalls to you. Dog go in between my legs, dog go to your place. Dog sit, dog down, break, boom. She goes and gets the tug. She comes back, dog out, boom. You're just constantly testing her, and she's thinking, 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 thinking. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What's it going next? Where's it going to go? Wah, rah. But you got to think, like, dogs are absolutely <laughs> savage animals. Like, they can run for miles, and they can do 20 miles a day and not flinch. Easy easy you know and you got to think like "Mm, i'm only walking my dog around the block and not doing mental like they're not getting what they really need and that's 90 percent of dogs and that's life but when you start having behavioral problems that's the first place you got to look yeah because that's the easiest way out like i mean it's the easiest fundamentally you know it may be challenging for you to get up the energy to do it but if i'm like hey man i'm I'm guessing the more engaged you are in in that um, like the more you know, the more you're really into it, into their training, the more energy, the more energy they're going, you know, mental yeah. stimulation they're going. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You just got to get it out. Which is probably, which is probably where you know, even though I'm spending time with it, like sometimes you know, my engagement with it's like I'm doing this because not because I feel like doing it right now because I'm. <laughs> Yep. I'm doing it because I, you know. You have to. Yeah, it's the same way. That's what I have to, and that's what the dog trainer said to do, you know. Like, yep. You know, so. yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, 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 you know, dogs have two engines. They have, mm-hmm. they have mental engines and physical engines. And a lot of times people don't even touch that, that mental engine. Like it just sits there. And like you're sitting there like, man, you know, there's so much you can do with it. Like yesterday we went to watch a football game at a friend's house and I knew we'd be gone for a long time. So I played with Lakota until she couldn't breathe anymore and she was exhausted. Her tongue was hanging, gave her fresh water, turned on the music and left. And I knew, okay, she was out for a good 30 minutes playing, ripping, got her energy out. And when I came home before, before we went to bed, I did the same thing. Cause I, I just, you have to, you have to monitor these things. 
You know, it's the same thing with humans, man. That's why I run and do a bunch of shit I don't like to do because it makes me feel good. In the beginning, it doesn't. Waking up, you know, before everyone else to get on that treadmill is not fun. I hate doing it. But, you know, after I get a good workout in, I'm sweating, I feel great. And it's the same thing with dogs. Like, if they're sitting there depressed and anxious and whiny and la, 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 I mean, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? That's a good way to like, yeah, it's yeah. there. It's their gym session before they – Yeah, man. For the day, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't tell anybody, like, if you go for a nice run and you actually get a sweat in, you know, 25, 30 minutes, there's no way you're going to come back in the same mood. You're just not. It just it's just how it goes. So anyway, so same thing with dogs. They're sitting there, two animals living under a house. You know, tensions rising. Okay, screw training. How much exercise? Not that much. Okay, I I mean, there's clients I won't even work with because they won't even put in the work. You know, and it's like you're gonna make me look bad. You know, I'm gonna give you everything yeah. you need to do, but at the end of the day, you know, your dog's your dog. You either can make the yeah. decision to make it better or not. That's not that's not my job. My job, yeah. my job is to show you what your dog's capable of and what you're capable of. That's it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I and I guess I, I'm lucky that it's just me in that you know I can you know yeah. my whole my whole time is but it's a catch twenty you know it's yeah. a good thing and it's a bad thing too because you know I know that a lot you know a lot of their problems probably are associated with me you know um, you know being yeah. you know being a bit. I, um, over affectionate to them, you know. Um, yep. Yep. You just got to get things straightened out and put it to work. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, I'll see you next month. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm bringing Zella. So cool. You'll, um, Jack, Jack, Jack's probably is less in need, so he's staying home. But cool. Um, yeah, you get to meet her. Looking forward to it. It's my birthday weekend, so uh, it'll be fun. It is. Yeah. All righty. Cool. Cool, man. I'll see you then. All right. See so, yeah, Thank you very much. All right, you I'll welcome. Let you know man. how it goes. All right. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Cheers. Bye. Bye. All right. First question comes from Kate Elizabeth Ten, six-year-old German Shepherd. I love the podcast. All the tips are helpful. The way you break down everything. Uh, so, okay. However, I have a six-year-old German shepherd. He barks, but once we correct him with the e-collar, prong collar stops. He was attacked as a puppy by an older dog, and ever since, he gets tunnel vision whenever our neighbors have their dogs out at the same time. We can't get him to stop unless we grab his collar and walk him inside the house. Any advice on how to get him to break his tunnel vision and pay attention to commands? Yeah, the best thing you should do is just work on your recall. This comes up pretty much every week for me but throughout my social media platforms is, what about my dog aggressive? going after the dog next door again there's nothing anybody can do about that situation the dog next door is barking the dog next door is in your yard the dog next door is on the other side of that wood or that fence so your dog is naturally going to be protective maybe pissed maybe even friendly and it's annoying whatever you have to just work on again think about it like this this is an off-leash scenario your dog is off-leash in your yard what do you want to do hey stop barking okay you could do that, but the other dog on the other side of the fence is still barking at your dog or running around, making your dog go crazy. So you have to work on your recall to break that tunnel vision. So you'd say, dog, come. Your dog would come to you, maybe put him into a downstay, and then break. That'll break that tunnel vision. Uh, and the other thing is, it's just, you know, currency. Like, what do you, your dog's in your backyard. They have literally nothing else to do. And there's another living, breathing dog on the other side of that fence that is doing all sorts of crazy shit. What do you want your dog to do? Look the other way? Like you got to be also realistic too. So hope that helps. Next one comes Sel Selena Runkar. Hey, Tom, love your podcast. My question is, it would be, uh, if, it, if you would recommend using an e-collar for training, do you to leave cats alone. My cattle dog mix loves chasing our cats if they run. If they walk into the room, she will leave them alone or just go up to say hi. She knows the leave it command quite well, but isn't, translating to the cat chasing wonder if the e-collar could help trainer yeah you could uh again guys you know i'm going to keep saying this and 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 saying this you're not going to be able to change your dog you're not gonna be able to tell your fish not to swim okay your cattle dog chasing your cat is never going to go away you can work on obedience sure that's an off-leash advanced obedience just like we just talked about with the dog in the backyard your dog chasing a little furry thing around your house is an advanced Level three obedience pattern. If you don't have advanced level three obedience, your e-collars are going to be worthless. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. 
work on your obedience. You can introduce the e-collar at the end. That's your polisher. And of course, you can say, hey, leave it and get your dog to stop. Yes, but you're not going to change your dog wanting to chase the cats. So remember that. Next one comes from Juno ML. Hey, Tom, at four-star review. Incredible podcast. Four-star review. <laughs> that was a passive-aggressive way to say, hey, maybe you can change it to five. Anyway, hey, Tom, I had a question about my dog's recent behavior. Lately, it seems that my dog is scared of the dark. Uh, that's interesting. I live in a city where some of some very inconsiderate people will set off fireworks yeah okay even after the fourth of july we're usually able to eventually calm her down when it happens however it's not dark out so your dog is doesn't like the dark because it, it it's associated with fireworks potentially now that makes sense um can we do any this isn't a confidence thing um one thing i can't ever help with a couple things i talk about it almost every podcast fireworks and thunder if your dog absolutely hates fireworks and thunder, there's nobody anybody could ever do about it. The only thing you can do is get away. That's it. It's a very innate thing that your dogs will have. It's like us being like, hey, when it gets super cold and I don't have a coat on, how can I not get cold? You can't. That's what's going to happen, unfortunately. And I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything. I hope it doesn't come off that, but you you that that you can't change that unfortunately the only thing you can do if you're if your neighbors are lighting up fireworks you can't there's no training you can do with your dog all you can do is get out of there or have a conversation with them your dog is going to hate the fireworks every single time just like your dog hates the vet because they stick them and poke them with stuff just like your dog hates the clippers because you clip your dog's nails too long or too short and it sucks and it hurts them blah 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 i hope this helps I look forward to answering all of the rest of the questions coming up. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.